Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for March 9th, 2020. Well, hello and good morning, fellow pilgrims. Again, it's a delight to be with you. Thank you for the privilege of having your ear for a few minutes. I pray that the things I share will spark within you a hunger and a thirst for the King and His kingdom. That's what it's all about. And so I ask in His name as we begin this podcast today that the Holy Spirit will just open up the kingdom of God by His Spirit and show us ways into and through it, and how we might receive and live it out. Maybe another way to say it, I'm not sure the English is correct, life out the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, this morning I'm going to be touching something that's been a blessing and a difficulty ever since Barbara and I became Christians. So I want to go back. We became Christians in the middle 60s. And as many of you already know, I was serving as a Methodist pastor in a three-circuit church up in northern Illinois, a little town of, of Argo Fay, and then there was a, a rural church, and then there was the big one in Thompson. And there were three little churches, and I just loved those people. And I came there not knowing Jesus, and through a series of events that I've mentioned before, I came to know Jesus, as did my wife, while we were in the, that uh, those three churches. And out of that, the Lord began to just open up things, and we left there and came to Tulsa, and I've talked about that. My point in all of this is, ever since we became Christians and were born again, I went back time and time again to those simple little illustrations that Jesus had used in the third chapter of John when he said you have to be born again from another realm to see the kingdom and then you have to be born again from another realm in verse 5 to enter the kingdom. So seeing and the entering of the kingdom became two things very, very important to us. And, and as I mentioned in the podcast last week, uh, the dear brother E. Stanley Jones and Edna Hutchins opened up the kingdom to us early in our Christian life, and it's predominated us, and I'm so very grateful that it wasn't just be born again, or just be filled with the Spirit, or just see the kingdom, but the gospel of Jesus Christ was, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the gospel of the kingdom, the rule and the reign of God on earth, an eternal kingdom. If you ever have the time and want to take the time, you can listen to a Dr. David Jeremiah, 
who's done a recent study on the book of Daniel and the and the visions and the dreams talk about the kingdoms and the, the and the visions that Nebuchadnezzar had and all of the, all of those uh, different levels of of government and kingship but in it he also talks about Daniel gives us revelatory insight that a kingdom was going to come that would never end it would be a kingdom that is eternal beautiful go back and read Daniel if you can many people believe that the book of Daniel was sort of led by the Holy Spirit in such a way that it would come to be meaningful in the end times I'm not going to pursue that right now but it was an interesting concept but it leads me to the point that I want to try to talk a little bit about this morning. When Barbara and I became Christians, we began to hear, as we had begun to read in the Scripture, that Jesus Christ was going to come again and set up his kingdom. I wanted to just go back and read from 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And I, I read it because it helps me understand why we think about the kingdom of God and the second coming of Jesus. I'm going to read in verse, uh, I'll pick it up in verse 22 of 1 Corinthians 15, reading from the New American Standard. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive, but each in his order. Now that's a very important thing, in his order. Christ the first fruits. Now that means Jesus Christ is the first one born into this new family of God. There has never been a family like the family that will be born through Jesus Christ. Then he says, after that, those who are Christ's at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers up the kingdom to the God and Father when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. That's why I would recommend to you going back and reading very carefully the visions and the interpretations in the book of Daniel. Then he said, For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. Jesus abolished sin, Satan, and death at Calvary. It no longer threatens us. Yes, we shall die, but we are born again eternally eternally, long before we ever give up these bodies. The last enemy then will be abolished is death, for he has put all things in, in uh, subjection under his feet. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it's evident that he is accepted who put all things in subjected to him. In other words, God the Father. And when all things are subjected to him, Jesus, then the Son himself also will be subjected to the one who subjected all things to him, that God may be all in all. Now, here's my point. After Barbara and I were born again, we began to hear philosophies or theologies that were so new to us because we were pretty new Christians. That's that's an understandable statement. But we began to hear about the second coming of Jesus. And in the last, I would guess, 50-some years, 
I've heard at least 10, 11, perhaps 12 different, uh, I would call them proclamations and preachings that Jesus was going to come again. And it was never that I believed that he wasn't going to come again, but there was an urgency that in some of these people, there were whole conferences held about he's going to come this year. I can remember one of them was in 1980s because there were 80 reasons why he would come and return in 1980. Well, 1980 came and went. And I began to get a kind of attitude that was not good or godly. I'm sick and tired of people talking about the second coming, and they don't seem to know at all what they're talking about. All they're doing is threatening people rather than blessing people with the reality Jesus is going to come again. So that concept of the coming of Jesus has been put on the back burner, and I'm not saying that's right at all. But recently, in the last year or so, there's a deep burning inside me. And you know that I've talked about it, the belly, out of the belly will flow rivers of living water. In my belly, I've been a, a hungering and a burning. He's coming. He's coming soon. I don't know what that means, except that there's an assurance that he is coming. Am I going to be alive? I don't know. But I do know that he's coming, and there's been a resurgence of fire in the second coming of Jesus Christ. I want to read, therefore, from uh, the Passion, the new translation that I so have enjoyed, from the 24th chapter of Matthew, and when Jesus begins to talk about the end times. Verse 1 of 24 from the Passion, Gospel of Matthew. As Jesus was leaving the temple courts, the disciples came to him and pointed out the beautiful aspects of the architecture of the temple structures. And Jesus turned to them and said, Take a good look at all these things, for I am telling you, there will not be one stone left upon another. It will be leveled. Now let me insert here, my wife and I were privileged to go to Israel in 81, and that's done. It's a done deal. It's leveled. Verse, next one. Later, when they arrived at the Mount of Olives, his disciples came privately to where he was sitting and said, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what supernatural sign should we expect to signal your coming and the completion of this age? And Jesus answered, At that time, deception will run rampant. So beware that you're not fooled. For many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying about themselves, I'm God's anointed, and they will lead many astray. That's what I felt has happened to Barbara and I, hearing all of these different ideas about the second coming. They were just claiming some authority, but it never proved to be true. Then he said in the next verses, you'll hear of wars nearby revolutions on every side, rumors of wars to come. Don't panic or give in to your fears, for the breaking apart of the world's systems is destined to happen. That is, yet the end is still unfolding. Nation will go to war against each other and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be terrible earthquakes, seismic events of epic proportion, horrible epidemics, famines, and place after place. This is how the first contractions of birth pains 
will, will begin. That's reading from the Passion. And now I want to read from the New American Standard some of those verses that speak of the second coming. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy in the first Timothy chapter 4, The Spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with gratitude, sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. And then in Second Timothy, he writes, I solemnly tell you, Timothy, in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove and rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and they will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside into myths. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I finished the faith. I have kept the faith. Well, I began to see that as I have looked at the kingdom of God and the renewal that I've been feeling in the last, oh, perhaps year or so, a burning, I've gone back to that 24th chapter of Matthew, and I've gone through all of these things with the earthquakes and famines and sicknesses, and it's been going on. And then I came to this verse 14 of Matthew 24, and it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations, and then the end shall come. And it was just like the resurrection breath of Jesus breathed out of my inner being and spirit. The gospel of the kingdom has not been preached in probably twelve to 1,500 years. If you study church history, you'll hear a gospel of be born again. You'll even off and on hear a gospel of being filled with the Spirit. But mostly what you'll hear is a gospel of the church. Let's build the church. But they didn't even have... Uh, church began to mean denominations and buildings. And that wasn't what the church was all about for the first three some t- centuries. I've talked about this before. But you you well know the in about 320 is when Rome began to uh, embrace the Christian faith and they turned the pagan buildings over to the Christians. And it's as though the gospel of the kingdom was lost for better than a thousand years. But in the late 1890s, Andrew Murray and others began to preach 
the gospel of the kingdom of God again. And it ignited people like E. Stanley Jones and others. And as Jesus said in this 14th verse, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations, and then the end shall come. And something is rising within me saying, that's happening. I have friends in Africa, friends in South America, friends in the Middle East, friends in China, friends in all over the United States who are hearing their, from their own testimony, we never knew there was a gospel of the kingdom. How come we never heard it? Now we're hearing it, and we're so excited. And I think it's because he's coming again. And as the verse says, the gospel of the kingdom must be preached in the whole world, and then the end will come. Lord Jesus Christ, will I be alive? Is the gospel being preached in a way that it's never been preached in the whole of the world? And I have friends of mine all over the world getting back to me and saying, Tom, they're not just talking about being born again. They're not just talking about Pentecostalism and being filled with the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. They're talking about the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God on earth, which Jesus preached all through the Gospels. So, I'm going to end this podcast by hoping that the Holy Spirit will reignite in your spirit what He's igniting in mine. He's coming soon. Prepare yourselves to receive the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's coming soon because this gospel of the kingdom is being preached throughout the whole world. And that was the final precursor to his coming back. Well, hold it all before the Lord. Bless you in the name of Jesus and his kingdom. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, Maranatha, Maranatha. Amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.